2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are in the home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor, that whether it be at present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may be received the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Lord, we pray that you'd help us tonight as we look at this very familiar statement. We walk by faith and not by sight. Realize the context in which it's written. And God, help us, I pray, to realize just how important it is that we do just that. We've gone through a number of different faith principles, Lord, and this is one that I think is pretty common as far as we probably quoted a lot ourselves and, and have heard it quoted by many other people. But Lord God, help us to realize the setting that this particular statement is in. And so, Lord, I pray that you just speak to our hearts tonight. Uh, we need you to speak to our hearts, to convince us of what your truth says. So help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, how many of you like to go camping? Anybody here? Okay, a couple of campers over here. One over here, there's one over there. You like to go camping? Okay, good. Oh, campers, good. All right, good campers, all right. All right, I got another question for you campers, all right? Those of you who didn't raise your hand... This might not be of interest to you, but how many of you have a tent for your camping events? All right, got a tent here? Tent? No tent? No tent? Up, oh, got a tent. Okay, got it. Okay, so most of you have tents for your camping events. Okay, here's another question for you who are campers and have tents also. It's question number three for you. Okay, how many of you would be content living in your tent all the time? No. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, he, he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I see. Okay. So we enjoy camping from time to time. Some of us have tents to camp in. But I think everyone, except maybe one, uh, agrees that that's probably not where we want to live all the time. Okay. How many of you, somewhere in the midst of your camping excursion... Maybe anyone can answer this one if you've been camping before. Find yourself looking back to getting back home where it's nice and comfortable. How many of you uh, 
Okay, that's what I think we're all kind of agreement there. All right, got you. Well, perhaps this gives us a, a little insight into this passage because, you know, Paul's a tent maker, and that's what he did by trade. And so this particular passage actually is a reflection of his tent making uh, occupation. He kind of uses the language that goes along with his tent making skills to kind of give us a little bit of uh, understanding here. And so our faith principle tonight is we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, this is, again, a fairly popular faith principle. I mean, you've heard that many times before, and this is not the first time you've heard this one. And uh, it's found in, uh, how, uh, let me ask you a question. How many different places in the scriptures is this particular statement? It's very popular. But how many different places do you think it's found in the scriptures? Exactly. Yeah, let's, let's put it this way. How many think it's found uh, 10 or more times? Okay, anybody? 10 or more times? All right, how many think it's, uh, 10 more? Okay, how many you think it's found uh, uh, between uh, 5 and 10 times? Okay. Five and ten times? Okay, back here. How many think it's found between uh, three and five times? Okay, several here. All right. How many think it's found between one and three times? Okay. All right. All right. Once. Just one time. In all of Scripture, we use this statement a lot. We say it a lot. But there's only one place in the entire Scripture that this particular statement is found. And you're looking at the context right here. This is it. And so if you really want to know the import or the impact of this particular thing, this is it. This is, what, this is the context, and this is what Paul is trying to tell us about here, about the walk by faith, not by sight. And so there's other verses I think that we can take and we can say principally these verses are the same. For instance, uh, in John chapter 20, verse 29, Jesus said unto Thomas, he says, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And so, you know, you have a little bit of that concept involved in that verse there where Jesus is talking to Thomas. Remember, Thomas didn't refuse to believe unless he actually saw, you know, the nail prints in Jesus' hands. So, so again, I think the concept is being reinforced there. We don't see the words there, but the concept is there. And then perhaps you might say in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet that I, but Christ, live within me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. All right, that concept is present there. Uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. So again, the concept is there, but the actual words that we're talking about, I walk by faith, but not by sight, only place right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. The only place in the scripture that you'll find it. And so, uh, so let's just take the context. Let's look at it here and see what this expression is, uh, is being uh, brought to our attention here. So verse number 1, For we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Okay, now Paul's a tent maker. All right, he's talking about this, uh, he talks about this particular language here, this house of this tabernacle. All right, this house means this dwelling place. All right, this tabernacle is talking about the temporary nature of this dwelling place. So he's really talking about a temporary dwelling place, and it's kind of, it's, 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 uh, this is brought out in some different things are translated uh, tent uh, in different places that you'll see it here. But, uh, but it's actually brought out here in this particular, it's a temporary dwelling place. That's what's actually being uh, communicated here in this particular passage here. So if this, if this earthly house of this tabernacle, this temporary dwelling place, were dissolved, all right? It's talking about our bodies, all right? Our bodies is where we live right now, okay? It's a tent, all right? It's not some place that you want to live forever, all right? But it is where we live right now. And so, um, so nonetheless, he says, if it was dissolved, he says, we have a building of God and house. And a lot of times when people think the building of God, they're thinking about a mansion in heaven, all right? 
They're thinking now, well, that's talking about my mansion in heaven, right? Wrong. It's talking about your body, the body that God's going to give you. It's talking about your, your glorified body that God has for you. That's what we're looking forward to. God's going to give you a body that doesn't get sick anymore, doesn't get tired anymore. It's got all these different qualities like Jesus Christ, you know. So this is what we're looking forward to. How many of you are looking forward to that body? Burke, how's, you probably want a glorified back, don't you? All right, yeah. Some of us want glorified brains because, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of, you know, not getting it. Some of us, I'm not sure what the glorified body, okay, Daniel wants a taller one. All right, okay. But, uh, but nonetheless, uh, uh, we want that glorified body, that eternal body, that one that God has promised us. And it's, and it's going to be in the heavens. And it's a body not made with hands. So it's not like it's a building, all right? It's not like somebody built it up there. We all like John 14 where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And we're all envisioning this wonderful mansion, you know, with lots of rooms and servants and gold and, and all those wonderful things. But the truth of the matter is, God's got a body for us. And we're going to spend all of our time in this eternal body. And that's what this text is talking about. It's talking about this eternal body. All right, so, um, so when this old temporary tent is dissolved, and we return to dust, okay? This old tent here, this is going to go back to dust. Dust we came, and dust we're going to return. But um, uh, we have a house not made with hands, talking about this new body. This new body has eternal qualities. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yesterday, Cameron and I were at the big desk out in the lobby here. We're going to take some of these young bodies and help us get that desk up in the office up there because these old bodies didn't do so good yesterday. Cameron, yesterday I was sitting in my back, was kind of, because uh, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, I used to be able to lift stuff like that all the time, but now, you know, I, uh, anyway. Okay, but we'll move on there. So, uh, Paul is saying that there's something we know. He says, we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. So this is something we know. And, and here's something, this is something we not, need not forget, all right? Is that this is not all there is to life. Amen? This body, this life, this earthly existence, this earthly tabernacle, this temporary dwelling place is not all there is. We're not going to be camping the rest of our life. Amen? <laughs> We're not going to be in this old tent the rest of our life. I'm looking forward to some more comfortable quarters. Amen? Aren't you? Uh, quarters that work better. All right? Uh, so that's what he's saying right here. Verse number two. For in this we groan. <laughs> yeah, we groan. Some of us groan more than others. But uh, in this we groan. And this is, is this groaning that takes place, this, this future condition that we long for, we yearn for. He says, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. And, and the older we get, the more we groan. <laughs> the more we look forward to the fact that we've got something that's going to be a whole lot better than the one we got on, you know? It's like, you know, uh, when you're in a tent and, and it's 90 degrees outside and the mosquitoes are flying around, you know what I mean? You're getting bit up one side and the other, down the other, and it's humid and you're soaking wet and, and you don't, your fan's not working and you just, you just can't wait to get back to your air-conditioned bedroom with the nice comfy covers that covers you up and protects you from all those outside elements, you know? This world's a pretty wicked place. A lot of elements that disturb us, a lot of elements that are very uncomfortable. You know, the person who longs for righteousness and longs for the things of God, this world is not filled with those things. This world, as a matter of fact, is kind of a, you know, it's, a, it's an ugly place. It seems like the longer we're here, the uglier it seems to be getting. And so we, we, we groan. We, we, just, we, we long to be clothed upon with this body. This is verse number three. And if so, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. In other words, God's not going to take you and just make you something out there non-existent. He's going to always give you a place 
in which your spirit, your body, your, your person will dwell in. And so um, he says, um, uh, for that we, that we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality to be swallowed up in life. That last statement there is that mortality might be swallowed up in life. Now, if you picture this word life as the spiritual life, the glorious life, the life with God, the life of God with God in a perfect environment, with a perfect body, this, you know, when people say get a life, we got a life, all right? And we got one even better coming, you know? We have to realize that this wonderful life, this mortality that we are now struggling with, will be swallowed up. Think about that term. It's kind of like, you know, we have these little, you know, these kids play these games, you know, where they have these big purple blobs or something like that, and they go, you know, and they just kind of swallow things up, you know, and they go, every place they go, you know, they're just taking things and eating them up. If you can picture this wonderful life of God, the spiritual life that God has for us, this mortality is going to be swallowed up with that wonderful perspective of life. Life with God, life of God, life without sin, life without suffering. That's what Paul says, this is what I have to look forward to. He says, we know this. We know this. And then we groan because the fact that we want to be clothed upon with this body and this life that is in this body. And he goes on. So he says, uh, verse number five, Now he, meaning God, that hath wrought, that means he has fully fashioned us, all right? For the self-same thing is God. So God originally made us to dwell in this state. When he made Adam and Eve, he made Adam and Eve to have this state, this life. You know, Adam and Eve have bodies that could have lived forever if they hadn't sinned. Adam and Eve had bodies that God fashioned. Listen, they lived 900 years. You know what I mean? That's even after sin. But God made these bodies to live forever. But then sin came, and death by sin and because of that, the earth was plunged into this awful situation where the creation is cursed and man is cursed and the bodies are going to die and, and mortality and corruption comes upon these bodies. But God originally fashioned us for a whole different purpose. He originally fashioned us to enjoy this life in a setting of a wonderful, beautiful garden in fellowship with God. That was God's original design. This is what he designed for us. Well, then sin basically thwarted that. But Christ came, died on the cross, and now the prospect is renewed. We have to go through the door of death to get to the glorious life. But life is what we look forward to so that this mortality is swallowed up in life and then we can have this eternal life in the heavens with God in a body that is no longer sinful, no longer sick, no longer laden with all the terrible things that we're laden down with right now. Okay? Do you get the picture? This is what Paul's saying. Here's a tent maker is telling us about a temporary dwelling, and we just need to shed this. He's looking forward to shedding this temporary dwelling for the sake of what God originally planned for us to have all the while. Again, that verse is so wonderful. For he that wrought, fully fashioned us, 
For the self-same thing is God. God fashioned us to be in this wonderful state of life. He, and, and this is what he did, who also hath given unto us the earnest, so that means the down payment of the Spirit. So in other words, God was so serious about this that he gave part of himself to us at salvation to ensure and help us to understand that this will one day be ours. He gave us part of himself. And he will not, in other words, he's not going to send himself to hell. He's not going to tend himself and condemn himself. He's giving you part of himself to ensure in your own heart and mind that he's going to fulfill this wonderful plan that he has for us and that salvation was supposed to, to bring to culmination. Isn't that wonderful? Therefore, as a result of knowing this, we are always confident. Matter of fact, that we know this is true, that God made this promise, this is what he designed us for. Christ has brought it back into reality. He gave us his spirit to give us the assurance that it's really going to take place. This is the down payment. You know, when you want to, you know, you want to, somebody wants to buy something from you. We had a guy who came by and he wanted to buy our, our stove. Well, he came by and he gave us $100. He says, I'll be back to get the stove. Well, you know what? We thought he was really serious. I mean, somebody gives you $100. Well, you know, the stove was $200. <laughs> he gives you $100. Well, then he left. He says, I'll be back to get it. Now, this breaks down because he never came back. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we got the $100. But nonetheless, uh, uh, you know, he actually called back and he said, uh, give it to the church. So you got the $100. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, the thing of it is, is that when somebody gives you down payment, that shows their sincerity. And God gave us a down payment in the Spirit of God. That shows his sincerity in following through with this wonderful plan. Verse 6, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Then he goes on, here's our statement, For we walk by faith, and not by sight. So here's the context. All right? We, got, we have this wonderful body, this future to look forward to that God's going to give us he promised it to us because of what Christ did for us on the cross. Adam lost it for us. Christ got it back for us. God says it's yours. This is what I originally made you for. I'm giving you my spirit to make sure that you understand. I'm really serious about this thing. And so now while we're in this body, okay, we have this temporary condition. But while we're in this temporary condition, we're mindful of the fact that we have an eternal abode. And so we are walking by faith and not by sight. This is the context for this. Knowing all that's promised us, knowing our future, knowing that we're not going to be here in this tent. We're not camping the rest of our life. Amen? We got more comfy quarters, all right? Or let's say we got more comfy, uh, maybe comfy isn't the word, more holy quarters, all right? More holy prospect to look forward to. Therefore, we're walking by faith, not by sight. Now, why? When we say walking by faith, we talk about we, we, we walk by faith. And when we walk, we take each step. Each step believing that God's promises are true. We're walking by faith and belief that God's, what God said he's going to do. We know we have an eternal future. We know that we will be with the Lord in a permanent dwelling, a glorified body. This was God's original design for his people before sin. So we know this. We're confident of this. And so we walk. We know, we're confident, so we walk by faith and not by sight. 
Now, why not by sight? Because our physical eyes see things, and our physical eyes think this is what's real in life. This is what's real. This is what's real. This, this is what's real. This is what's real. No, this is all temporary. All this is temporary. And yet, what do we do? We strive for the temporary. We walk by sight. Where God is saying in this passage, no, I've got something much more enduring, much better for you. It's, it's life. <laughs> and it's going to swallow up all this temporary stuff. And it's going to dwarf all this temporary stuff. It's going to make it look so insignificant. So let's stop walking by the things we see and walk according to the, what we believe is going to be ours for eternity. We walk by faith. We're not walking by sight because these things we see, they're not going to last forever. This body's not going to last forever. This temporary dwelling place here. We have something much more enduring that God has for us. This is the context for this particular statement. Well, look what it goes on to say. Verse number eight. We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. Well, yeah. <laughs> if we really truly understand that, then death is the door into this wonderful existence. Now, I understand nobody's jumping on the next band. It's not that we're necessarily afraid to die. We just don't like the process, okay? And our bodies are in the process of dying, are they not? Okay? We don't like the process. But I'll tell you right now, if the trumpet blew, I'll, you know, like I said, rapture drills, I'm just going to, I'm not jumping quite as high, you know what I mean? But I'm talking about, you know, uh, Man, I'll tell you what, I, I welcome the trumpet sound right, right now. I mean, right even right now. Let's go. Whew. So live with this prospect. This is not bad. This is good stuff. You know, uh, if, if one of us graduates before the rest of us, it's a glorious thing for them. Now, I know the process of decay and, and dying is not fun. And we're going to miss that person for a little time. But we're going to see him forever. We're going to spend him forever with him. My dad went to heaven back in 1994, February 1994. I'm going to see him again. I'm going to see him again. We said goodbye. We sang the hymns. We got around his bed. We sang his favorite songs. Dad went to heaven. He's waiting for us. And we're going to see him. He's got the body. He's got a body right now that God's given him. We're all looking forward to God's going to give us that wonderful body. So we're confident, I say, rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Yeah, because we want this to be so. Verse 9, wherefore, that means as a result of what I just got through saying, wherefore, here's what you should include, we labor. That, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. We are laboring for what reason? To be pleasing to the Lord. We're accepted of him. So we are working to please God. God. Why? Because that's who we're going to spend the rest of eternity with. This is the one who gives us all the good things that we're looking forward to. So what are we going to do? We're, we're going to walk by faith with, with what objective? To please him in everything that we do. That, that's our objective right down here. Because this is what it's all about. It's all about him. It's all about our eternal future with him. It's all about life that he's given us. And so we do everything to please him. That's the wherefore. Verse number 10. Notice that this is a little sobering, but nonetheless, it's the negative side, if you would. It could be negative or positive. depends how you look at it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is only for Christians. Only Christians appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is written to Christians. 
The judgment seat of Christ is not a judgment of condemnation. It's a judgment of rewards and loss. In other words, you see what you could have, but you didn't because you didn't believe. You didn't exercise faith. You didn't take advantage of the opportunities God gave you. So you, you suffer loss. You're not condemned because there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, you see. So there's no condemnation you have to worry about, but you're going to receive the things done in your body, whether good or bad. So the judgment seat of Christ is a judgment that basically you're rewarded for that which you did right, and you suffer loss for those things that you wasted. Everything you did in the flesh, everything we did in the flesh, waste, burned up, wood, hay, stubble, you know, it won't last. But everything that's done in the will of God, gold, silver, precious stone, it's going to endure, and God's going to reward us. And, and, and he's going to reward us a hundred times more than what we'd ever received in this life. He rewards us now, but the rewards in heaven are, are, are so much more bountiful and so much more enduring. And so that's why we labor, because we want to please him, because we're going to stand before him one day at the judgment seat of Christ. And our life's going to be evaluated. You see? So what? So we walk by faith, not by sight. And we labor. So we kind of see this. Verse 1, we know. Verse 2 through 4, we groan. Verse 6, we're confident. Verse 7, we walk by faith. Verse 9, we labor to please God. And verse 10, we know we're going to give an account. We know we're going to give an account. So that kind of sums up that whole 10 verses right there in those particular statements. So, so let's go back to prayer and let's uh, take our time and invest our time wisely now as we bring the needs before the Lord.